Listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. It's a new week here on I Love Old Time Radio. Welcome, Old Time Radio fans. I'm your host, Virtual Vinny. You can interact with us via social media on our Facebook page at I Love Old Time Radio or on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. You can send feedback via our contact form on our website at I Love Old Time Radio.com or you can leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you enjoyed this program, please take the time to rate and review us at review.iloveoldtimeradio.com. I Love Old Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday each day with a different theme. Monday's Crime Does Not Pay on the Shadow. I do want to apologize for this episode being late. Normally I record these ahead of time, but unfortunately I wasn't able to. So I'm actually recording this on the same day it's releasing, which is a rarity. So this episode originally aired on December 19th, 1943. And it's called The Club of Doom. Oh no, what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Once again, your neighborhood blue coal dealer brings you the thrilling adventures of the shadow. The hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcefully to old and young alike that crime does not pay. The Shadow, serious character who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Several years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret. The hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot eat. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, The Club of Doom. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm serious. I don't believe it, Mr. Sometimes I don't believe it myself, Hanson. It's like some hideous nightmare. Any minute I expect to wake up to find I dream the whole thing. Then I see these bars. Why? Why does it do it? I wish I could tell you. You mean you don't know why you killed your wife? No, Cranston, I don't. That's the horrible part about it. I don't even remember telling you. Yet I know that I did. Do you remember what you were talking about just before it happened? Yes, I was telling her about having landed the Sherman account. Well, I suppose you were feeling quite elated over it. Elated isn't the word. I felt as if I could have licked the world. Next thing I knew, Helen was in my arms. Then, I'm no getting away from the past. I murdered my wife. According to Law Blakesley, the state has to prove intent to kill before they can make out a case of first-degree murder. That just about kicked me in the electric chair, Samson. What do you mean? You see, I wanted to kill her. Oh. 
Well, I hope you didn't get a ticket, sweetie. No, Mr. Clinton. But I gotta admit, I was worried, I gotta admit. Parking in front of a jail ain't so healthy. Come on, Sergeant Hickok. Did Blake please tell you anything? I'm afraid it looks pretty bad for him, Margo. But the man, it doesn't make sense. A man like Blake, he just doesn't hurt his wife and reason. I just goes to show you. You can never tell a guy by his looks. Now, take what happened to me this morning. A guy tried to kill me, he tried. Kill you? Stop! Who's want to kill you, Shreezy? I don't know who he was to blame, but he sure didn't look like no killer. More like a lawyer he looked, or a businessman, maybe. Tell us what happened, Shreezy. Well, it was like this, Mr. Cranston. I picked up this guy in front of the athletic club. The same one you and Commissioner Weston belong. Have to go to Chester? I'll be late for my appointment. Gee, I'm, I'm going as fast as I can when I'm getting a ticket, mister. Well, what are you looking at me like that for? Anything wrong with me? I wasn't looking at you. I was keeping my eyes peeled out for cops. I just think this while you're looking at me through that mirror. Now, look, mister. Hey, let go. What's the big idea? You're joking me. You almost wrecked the cab. I... Holy I... smoke. I'm sorry, driver. I better get out here. Yeah, I see. Well, Mr. Cranston, I never was one to run away from a fight. But the look on this guy's face didn't make me happy. Anyway, he pays me off with a nice fast tip and gets out of the cab. So I just goes to show you, you never know. Well, that's a strange story. Where did you say this man hailed you? Right in front of the athletic club. And boy, he was plenty athletic. <laughs> That's funny. The lights on in Mr. Andrews' office. I'd better see who's in there. Oh, sorry, Mr. Randall. I didn't know you was working late. Yeah, I'd have to get up on some work. It looks like it might rain. I'd better close the windows if you don't mind. Sure, go ahead. I won't be long. I've been getting a lot of rain lately, haven't we? Well, I won't be bothering you any longer. I've got to be making the rounds. Mr. Randall, what's the matter? Oh, Mr. Randall, you... You took me! Have you got a match, Mr. Why, Where... yes. Here you are. Oh, thanks. Huh. Hey, what are you telling me? I ain't got nothing. I only asked you for a match. I just wanted to... Hey, hey, take your hands over me. What are you trying to do? What are you going to do with that pain? Yeah, no, 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 don't, don't. I... Oh. Oh. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to present our president, Gordon T. Schroeser. <clears throat> Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Friends... This is a big moment in my life, but it wouldn't be fair to let it pass without my giving credit to the man who has been the guiding hand behind our organization. I am referring to the gentleman seated on my right, my partner and best friend, Joe Arthur. Thank you, Gordon. Joe and I have been together for a long time. Oh, look, Joe. 
He grabbed hold of We've you. We've got you up. Why is he raising it? Down. What are you doing, Gordon? What are you doing? <laughs> get it, Samson. I went to school with these men. They're all members of the same club. All of them prominent, law-abiding citizens. Suddenly they go for Turk. One of them murders his wife. Another kills a night watchman. Third one clubs a hobo to death with his cane. Last night, too, sir. He splits open his partner's skull with a water pitcher. What's gotten into them? Maybe it's an epidemic. You can't be more helpful than that, Miss Lane. Morgan, they have something there, Miss Lane. Are you serious? An epidemic of murder? How does fantastic as it sounds? Well, that's not exactly what I have in mind. Oh, then you have something in mind. Have you let a very much concerned friend in on it? Gladly can be as soon as I get a few more of the facts straight. The facts are clear enough, Cranston. It's the motive for these crimes is keeping me up nice. You mean the lack of motive, don't you? Yes, that's what I mean. I should live before you come in. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's probably another headache. No, it's a mistake of that omelette, Commissioner. I'd be used to that so well in the... <laughs> it's wonderful, Margot. Mr. Lord will swear you in as one of his dresses. I don't think he appreciates our sense of humor, Lamar. Mm-hmm. What is he? What do you think, Mr. I'd better take a look at this, Francis. Let me see. Your note. That doesn't sound like a wedding invitation. No. More like an invitation to murder. Since I've been police commissioner, I've gotten exactly 73 letters threatening my life. I'm not going to let this one bother me so much. What's got me, Buffalo, is my best friend, sending you to kill us. Did you say that all of these men were classmates of yours? Yes, I've known them practically all my life. Now I've got a hold of them for murder. What makes you so sure they're guilty of murder? Well, what would you call it? I'd call it a plan for murder. A plan in which that warning note you just got may be a key part. What are you talking about? Just this. All of the most prominent citizens in this town have committed crimes of violence. None of them actually remember committing the crimes. Yet all of them have a very positive feeling that they wanted to kill their victim. Well, I'm sure of one thing. Those men aren't criminals. They could no more murder anybody than I could. That's exactly what I've been trying to tell you. Uh, yeah. Well, you two will have to excuse me. I think I'm going to take the afternoon off. Go down to the club for a workout. The state beats anything I ever handled. This is our exit, you, Margot. Darkness. Fine, saying I don't mind what I said. Oh, that's all right. The darkness, sir. If I were you, I wouldn't underestimate the importance of that warning note. Hmm. What's all right, Bernard? Taking you home, Margo. Where are you going? Jail. Jail? But you've already seen both. One of the clubs with Randall and the other. Oh, in that case, I guess I'd better go home. You gave me a theory, Margo, when you said those crimes may have been an epidemic. So you can... I think the same as the policeman, darling. Those men could no more commit deliberate murder than he could. Uh, that's good. Is that the king taking it? Yeah, yeah, that's fine, Joe. Thanks. Well, I'll get the towel. Oh, never mind, Joe. Never mind. I'll get it. You've been walking around too much on that light of yours. I'm afraid I have to let it go. It's gone too long now. You've been worried, Commissioner. I am worried, Joe. If I can throw some light on these things, I'm going to have to send four of my best friends for the electric chair. Yes, I've been reading about it in the papers. What about those murders? They're all such fine men. That thing got Mr. Day, Commissioner. Oh, yes. Yes, you may as well give me the work. Okay. Oh, my. Yeah. Boy, that feels good. 
Too bad about Mr. Blake's name and the others. Who wouldn't have made them do it? Yes, then we both saw Wasn't it nicer, friendlier person than Mr. Randall? Oh, that's about my leg. Then she even had to take her operation. He was kind to everybody. Yes, he killed the wife. Ned Watson. Uh-huh. So he went to see his own Oh, big-hearted, generous man. You see, Commissioner, I think there's a bit of madness in each of us waiting for a chance to spring up. Don't you think so? Hmm? Oh, yes, uh, yes, Joe, no, very interesting. Hello, Wilson. Uh, hello, Bob. I told me you were down here in the steam room. You're getting into work? No, no. You're doing it, Mr. Oh, uh, Weston, I just wanted to ask you if you want to take part in the wrestling matches tonight. The boys are putting on a little exhibition in the gym. Sure. Maybe you take my mind off other things, not the present. Oh, yes, I was an awful shock to me. No, I still can't believe it. Well, there's no getting away from that. Well, I suppose you'll have to deal with duty. So why don't you join me for dinner up in my room in your food? Thanks. You don't mind if I do. And, uh, Joe, will you tell the other boys about the matches and why you're at it, sir? Please, you tell them all. All right, Mr. Cannon. Yeah, just be sure and match me up with some of my size, Joe. <laughs> That's easy to listen. But the gentleman here is just about your way. Yeah, you try to take me on, Commissioner? Okay with me. That's good. I always did want to beat up a policeman. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me just how it happened, Commissioner. Horrible, Cranston. Gunner and I are down the mat a few seconds. First thing I know, he went limp. I said something to him. He didn't answer. He was dead. Is the coroner in here yet? Yeah. Don't do an autopsy, but it's a waste of time. I... I must have strangled. This is important, Commissioner. Tell me where you were and what you did from the time you got to the club until you went on the mat with Ken. Yes. First thing I did when I got here was to go down to the steam room. Cameron joined me there, asked me if I wanted to take part in the wrestling matches. Then he invited me to have dinner with him in his room. You spent the evening with Cameron until the time you both went down to the gym for the matches, is that right? Yes. That's written in notes about this afternoon, Commissioner. Do you have it with you? Yes, here it is. I had both that copies made before I left the office. My men are trying to locate the typewriter on which it was written. Have they checked over the machines here at the club? Yes, doesn't check with anyone. May I hold on to this note? Hmm? Oh, yes, sure, but you're wasting your time, Cranston. I've been at this game too long not to know when I'm rich. Does it sound like you, Commissioner? Back so fast. I killed Cameron. I know I killed him. What makes you so sure? Because just a few seconds before it happened, I distinctly remember wanting to kill him. I'd have killed anybody I got my hands on. I felt as if I could lick the world. That's exactly how Blakely described his feelings when he killed his wife. Huh? And the way Randall says when he strangled the night watchman and Shrewsbury when he stood over in his partner's cell. All of you have that same feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. They did tell me that. But why, Samson? What's gotten into us all? I'm not quite ready to answer that question, Commissioner. Whatever it is, it doesn't change things much. I still killed Cameron. Maybe you didn't. What do you mean? Smell this tube of toothpaste, Commissioner. Hmm. Funny order, like burn almonds. Where'd you get it? I picked it up in Cameron's dressing room. He brushed his teeth before he went down to the gym with you, didn't he? Yes, he did. I think you'd better phone the coroner. He might have something of interest to tell you. You didn't kill Cameron. He was poisoned. Hello. Hello. Mr. Cranston? Yes? Do you know a young lady by the name of Marco Lane? 
Yes, what's the matter? Has anything happened to her? She's been hurt. Where is she? She's in a private hospital. How much farther do we have to go, sweetie? We're almost there, Mr. Cranston. We're almost. Boy, this is the middle of nowhere if I ever saw it. Are you sure somebody isn't playing a joke on you? Getting you out here in the middle of the night? There's no joke, sweetie. I phoned Miss Lane's home. She's not there. Sure hope she's all right, I hope. Definitely. Well, this is the place, Mr. Cranston. It don't look like no hospital to me. Wait here, sweetie. Okay. But I hope you won't be too long, I hope. This ain't exactly a gay neighborhood. Oh, he said that you've been hurt. Why, just received a similar call telling me you've been hurt. Somebody got a sight out here on purpose. Let's get out of here quickly. He's outside that window. Don't turn around. Caught the glint of a gun. Oh, no. He walked into a trap. We've got to act as if we didn't see him. It's our only chance. We're perfect targets for the right time. Stay out of sight. way over to that light switch, and I'll walk towards the clock. We'll pretend to be looking around. When I say the word good time, you turn off the light. Well, Margaret, this place is nicely furnished, isn't it? Yes, it certainly is, you know. Now, look at that old grandfather's clock. Interesting looking antique, isn't it? Must be at least a hundred years old. Yes, but it probably keeps good time. He's down there. I'm going after him. Oh, be careful, Lamar. Get into the car. Mr. Branson. Mr. Branson. In here, sweetie. You all right, Margo? Miss yes. Mary. I heard shooting. I heard what's going on. Quick, sir, let's get out in the cab. Maybe we can still catch him. I heard a car stop, but I didn't hang around to see which way it went when that gun started popping. I beat it right in here, I beat it. Oh, no fun going on a wild goose chase. See what we can find in here. Uh, turn on the light, Margo. Are you all right, Miss Lane? Yes, please. I'm more than a little scared. Do not you realize that we might both have been murdered this time? I'm afraid I was the intended victim. I don't. You sure wait for me in the cab, Margo. Then have a look around this place. All right, you might, but please be careful. I'm known friend didn't bother my coming out of this trap alive. That's an oversight likely to sit him right in the electric chair. Oh, good morning, Margaret. I was just on my way out. Have you seen the papers? No, not yet. Oh, listen to me. Police Commissioner Cleared in Cameron County. Yes, Margaret. Now, for a while, Commissioner Weston was in a very uncomfortable position of having to arrest himself for murder. But he didn't kill him. No, they found traces of cyanide on Cameron's tongue. His toothpaste had been poisoned. He died a few seconds after he got on the map. You know, Lamont, I don't see the tie-up between what happened to us last night and, and the pub killing. A very definite tie-up. Remember the threatening note Commissioner Weston received? Yes. Last night, I found the typewriter on which it was written. I also found a completely equipped chemical laboratory. Friends. And the cellar of the house next door to the one we were almost trapped in. Margot, doesn't it strike you odd that all of these killings were done by members of the same club, all classmates of college? Well, what does that mean? Only this. Someone is out to get these men. To get anyone who interferes with his plans. The man we're looking for is physically and probably mentally warped. How do you know that? I can't tell you just now, Margot. The shadow has an appointment with a murderer. Mm-hmm.
The new commissioner had unusually strong powers of self-control. He doubted that whether the drug even as powerful as that one would make Weston commit murder. You know, Lamar, I still can't figure out how this trail of crime sounded to Jay Raymond. Footprints, Margo. Footprints of a man who lived. I found them outside that window last night. There were similar prints around the back of the adjoining house. Oh, I see. the house next door as Yes. Belonged to a friend of his who was away. Raymond had the keys. He's become the homeless title in that model. He became... <laughs> based on a story copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications. The characters, names, places, and plots are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Again next week, the shadow will demonstrate that the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station, your friendly blue coal dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. Be sure to listen. This is Ken Roberts saying, keep the home fires burning with blue coal. You're listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. Yes, that episode was very difficult to understand, and unfortunately... It's the nature of some of these old recordings, and I do apologize. I have noticed as of late the shadow getting into these tough predicaments only for the audio to fade out and then Cranston telling Margot how the shadow escaped. And I don't know if they did this because of the limitation of time or lazy script writing. What do you think? And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and our host, Anchor.fm. For a full list, visit our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com and find the best location that suits you. You can also listen to us on your Alexa device through TuneIn or iHeartRadio. Like us on Facebook at I Love Old Time Radio. Follow us on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. Comments and questions can be directed to our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com or leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so with a one-time donation or join our Patreon page at support.iloveoldtimeradio.com. Tomorrow we'll be playing a new episode of Our Miss Brooks and join us back next Monday for some more with The Shadow. For iloveoldtimeradio.com, this is Virtual Vinny signing off.